0: We saw The Flash three weeks early, let's do a spoiler free review and breakdown. Hello movie friends and welcome to Raiders of the Lost podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We just saw The Flash a month early last night and it was fantastic. We're going to do a spoiler-free review and then after about 15 minutes we're going to start breaking down the film more in depth. But we had an amazing time. Thank you to IMAX for inviting us. But I actually was pleasantly surprised by this film and I got to say it's exactly what DC and Warner Brothers need right now what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It, the hype is real for this movie. I was honestly blown away. I haven't had that much fun in a superhero movie in quite a long time. Obviously, I love the Batman, but that was less of like having a fun at the movies kind of movie, more of just like a sick-ass dark comic book movie, but this was an absolute blast, directed by Andy Muschietti, written by Christina Hodson and Joe B. Harold, we got a screening very early, and I'm surprised how many early screens are going on, and they had a lot of people there, and I think it's actually pretty good marketing, because the word of mouth of this movie, they know it's going to be awesome, because Anthony was pleasantly surprised, I was blown away, I did not expect it to be this good, Andy Muschietti's a terrific director, the It movies that he rebooted were awesome. But, I mean, DC's just been walking on thin ice lately. The last few (laughs) years, they've just had so many issues at Warner Brothers. But, like, they really pulled this movie together. And what a phenomenal time. I had a terrific time seeing this movie. We saw a slightly unfinished version. And we didn't get to see any post-credit teasers or or, uh, post-credit scenes. So, I don't even know if there's a post-credit scene in this movie. It just ended after it said directed by There weren't even credits. No credits at all. So, it was an early screening I'm sure it's probably like 99% done. there, probably cleaning up some CGI here and there. But I fucking had an awesome time. <laughs> you're out a loss of words. I, I really you're, am. You're just struggling I right was, now. I said, let's go <laughs> to myself 20 times while I was watching this movie. Yeah. And this was an unfinished cut. Otherwise, other than the edit, I think the edit is perfect. I don't think they're going to change anything in terms of the scenes, editing, and pacing. But there was just a little unfinished CGI. And we're just talking about mainly CGI involving two Ezra Millers on screen where they had a a double with performing with Ezra and then some of the most of the time the face for the other Ezra looks perfect but sometimes the CGI just isn't finished and so it looked like they just haven't gotten to the to the phase of adding intensely detailed texturing to the faces otherwise the CGI was really fantastic especially coming off this last slate of like the last year of Marvel movies where the superhero CGI has been lacking for about 50% of the time DC knocked out of the park with this. It looks fantastic. I was just really enthralled. I gotta say, this movie was really terrific. I was expecting it to be very good, but I was surprised at how interesting the script was. It was really, the story is what sold me on it. It's not what you're expecting. You might have an idea of what's gonna happen in this movie, but it's actually gonna subvert your expectations. There's some really great twists, lots of incredible surprises. I mean, there are multiple times where the audience, us included, were just gasping, like, in shock, and just, like, in a great surprise, and it's not... Things are going things to are happen that's just going to blow your mind. And I think that fans are going to have a lot of fun... And like I said, it's what DC needs because it's been a while since people have had a good time at DC movies, whether it be, yeah, the action might be sick and stuff, but like just enjoying the film. Well, the Batman. Yeah, outside the Batman. Batman. Yeah, i Outside sorry. of the Bat versus I'm, the I'm, other world. Yeah, I'm talking about like, yeah. I mean, the uh, the extended versus the DCU. Yeah, exactly. So I understand why Gunn felt confident about this film when he talked about it um, earlier this year. Also why Tom Cruise was gushing about the film. It really is sensational and in a way is kind of like an unofficial, basically, reboot of the DCEU where we're just, like, changing the tone and going back to quality and just, like, having a great time at the cinema with your characters that you love. Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, they're reprising their old roles as Batman and then Sasha Kaye is coming out as Supergirl. She's phenomenal in this. Michael Keaton's fantastic. Ben Affleck, it's great to see him for a little bit in this movie. And it's, it hits all the beats you want in a superhero movie while changing things up and surprising you along the way. I had an absolute blast, and on top of that, it was really funny. Now, quick synopsis of this movie, and again, we're not spoiling anything yet. We will give you a warning when we start to get into spoiler territory. Worlds collide when the Flash uses his superpowers to travel back in time to change the events of his past. However, when his attempt to save his family inadvertently alters the future, he becomes trapped in a reality in which General Zod has returned, threatening annihilation. With no other superheroes to turn to, the Flash looks to coax at a very, di- a very different Batman out of retirement and rescue an imprisoned Kryptonian, albeit none. Not the one he's looking for. And this is all we've seen in the trailers, obviously. And the last trailer, which was released three weeks ago, revealed quite a bit. So pretty, I think everyone's up to speed with what's going on. And The Flash was the funniest superhero movie I've seen in years. Like, this is what I want superheroes to be like a lot of the time. Just great action. Dark, but also light at the same time. But great humor. And I'm not talking like just cheesy one-liners that we're so used to (laughs) and that like people are just like... Are forcing themselves to laugh at these days, but genuinely, I was gut ba- gut busting laughing half the time. All it, these jokes yeah. pretty much hit for me. Yeah. I had an absolute blast. Ezra was terrific as Barry Allen. I was so hungry watching this movie as well. <laughs> You'll see because they really like hit like the the bar- Barry needs a lot of He's calories thing. It's actually really funny. The music was really terrific as well. Andy said, like Anthony said, the CGI is really great. Ninety five percent of it's phenomenal. Five percent of it's like I'm sure they're cleaning up a little bit. It's just unfinished. And Michael Keaton was the fucking key to this movie. Michael Keaton was so awesome as Batman Bruce Wayne in this movie. He was my favorite part. I was like fist pumping every time he was on camera. I was surprised how much he was in the movie. But man, he was really, I think, such a scene stealer. Oh, absolutely. The crowd was erupting every time he came on camera. When you whenever you heard the theme music, the old uh Danny Elfman songs it was it was just fantastic and I love the design of his updated tech and how he's evolved over the years and it, it was really just phenomenal every time he was on screen and, and also real quick I believe this movie is like pretending like it's just a, a the Batman just Batman the other two movies kind of didn't exist really definitely the case because I was I thought when Keaton was announced like when Barry entered this verse it would be a Tim Burton-verse. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I thought too. But that's not the case. It was more... It was They They had some of the similar tech and shapes and the bat symbol and uh, s- hints of it, but it wasn't a Tim Burton world, uh, which obviously works better for their film, but that's what I was expecting walking into, and that's not the case. But I mean, I'm not spoiling anything. That's all in the trailers. We see yeah. plenty of Batman in the trailers. It's just like a different... Michael Keaton Batman from the Tim Burton Batman. You know, that could still be its own verse, you know what I mean? They kind of they explain all this basically in yeah. the movie. They do cuz yeah. obviously there's a multiverse we all know about the, the different different dimensions in this movie. They do a really good job explaining it pretty easily for everyone to understand. Yeah, yeah, they they had a great uh I don't want to spoil great it great metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the metaphor they used uh and they simplified the the multiverse down to just like something a very simple image. The, also, it's a, a certain part of the multiverse that we haven't seen in a movie yet. I don't I don't want to tell you what it is, but that's explored heavily in this film and actually is a main plot device in this film, which is very important. But they used uh, something to explain it visually, and I was like, wow, that was like a perfect way to explain the complicated mess of the multiverse, especially how complex it gets when Barry goes back in time. And we all know in the trailer it's shown that Barry thinks he's going back in time, but he actually changes dimension, and he changes uh, his reality and he enters a different one by accident. So that's not a spoiler, but like that's essentially the starting off point for the film. And in terms of the humor, just to go back to it, I, I found it really enjoyable because, it, like you said, it wasn't one-liners, it wasn't sarcastic quips, but so also what's happening in a lot of modern movies, we're seeing like... A heavy scene or a tragic scene or something emotional, and then a joke. You know what I mean? Kind of deflates the emotional impact of whatever that moment is. That doesn't happen in this film. It, there's a better balance of... If it's an emotional scene, it's emotional. We don't need to laugh. And if it's a funny moment, it's funny. It, they don't need to always intersect. And I sometimes get tired of impactful moments being cut off by a joke. You know what I mean? And it's just sometimes drives me crazy. But this film, Muschietti and the writers... Did a terrific job by balancing them out, but also keeping them separate at times because it is a very emotional movie. Family is very, very <laughs> important in this film, but it's it tugs at your heartstrings and it really hits the hits the, all the emotional beats you you would hope it does really effortlessly. And then the comedy really works because the comedy it's situational, it's performative uh, in a lot of ways. It, it, there is some like silent film era harkenings of the comedy and Ezra did a terrific job I love it's more situations that Barry gets himself into that's really funny and it's not so much joke making where in terms of like what's happening is really funny and there are a couple there's a couple of action scenes that are hilarious really well choreographed and well thought out and they just because we've seen the slow-mo so many times we've seen whether whether it's Quicksilver or The Flash we've seen these action sequences of him moving incredibly slowly in time So Incredibly quickly in time. (laughs) Incredibly (laughs) quickly (laughs) in time. Sorry, sorry. Well, everything's... The blob, that's his new name. The slosh. The blur. Very slow. (laughs) But uh, the filmmakers came up with fun and inventive ways to make the action sequences that we've seen over and over again refreshed and exciting again. Yeah, a lot of these scenes reminded me so much of uh, X-Men Days of Future Past in that great slow-mo scene. Now... The tone of this movie was absolutely excellent, and it kind of felt like a a handful of movies that I put together of of how I was feeling watching it. Obviously, Man of Steel. I feel like they captured the tone and feel and aesthetic of Man of Steel quite a bit in this film, which was a fan favorite for people from DC, and kind of going back to that, that world in a lot of ways, obviously that's in the trailer, you all know. Also it felt at times like an Indiana Jones movie like a great adventure trying to solve a mystery trying to figure things out not like not knowing where you're going next it, it felt like that exact feeling for me and even the music kind of amped it up as well at times it felt like a Doctor Who episode and also <laughs> Planet of the Apes we have these crazy weird interdimensional things happening it felt like a like the old school Planet of the Apes that one not the new the, the new ones like the original Planet of the Apes it felt like that for me Oh, absolutely. And I think the balance of all these things was the most impressive part of the film. And in terms of the Snyder, Man of Steel, they, you know, Snyder created that action that you first saw in Man of Steel of seeing. We were, we were expecting slow motion and stuff, but Snyder filming things in real time and releasing really the impact of these Kryptonians and how powerful they were in the real time and how quickly they moved in comparison to, to human beings. And, you know, that's kind of been copied and duplicated multiple times now, even amongst other superhero movies. But they really captured the action that Snyder created with Man of Steel in an amazing way. And it was great to see that on screen again. And it was great to see Michael Shannon back as Zod. Awesome. And Uh, Feora. Yeah, Feora's back. And it was great to see the Kryptonian invasion again. And it made me like, you know, it's kind of just like full circle into the beginnings of the DCU um, back in the day. And I liked the full circle nature of it and how we were going back to the back to the roots of where it all started in a way. And I thought it was just really well done, really well executed because Muschietti has his own style of filmmaking. But then also to basically adopt what Snyder did in terms of the performance and action of the fight sequences. And really it captured what the some of the best parts about Man of Steel were in this movie. And obviously, Ben is back as Batman, but as he's gone on record on interviews publicly, and we all know he's not in the movie a ton, but he has some great action sequences, and he's terrific in it. And I read an interview where he said he had such a blast coming back to do one, like Bruce Wayne Batman again in this world versus what he had to do with the Justice League, <laughs> the the Joss Whedon version. So he, he actually had a blast, and it was so cool to see him back. And I think his voice was better too. Yeah. He had a better Batman voice. I and before I want to get into spoiler territory, ASAP, but one last thing. I think this movie has it has a couple of really great cameos. I think it might have the best cameo I've ever seen in a superhero movie in this in this in the flash. I would agree. I, I would agree. So. It has the best surprise cameo that you could never even imagine yeah. would happen. And it was so satisfying. And, and they they hit it so well and the way they revealed it was perfect. And also, one last thing, the nostalgia of DC is just jacked up so high in such an effective way and it really made you appreciate these incredible characters that we love so much and they, they really nailed it they they nailed the nostalgia rather than just using it as a marketing tool to get you into theater like a lot of these movies do and they just like take oh here's the here's an ip let's, yeah, yeah. let's force nostalgia down their throats they do it in a really artistic way in a really impactful meaningful way to to give you all this nostalgia and make you feel so warm and gooey inside. <laughs> and I loved it, and And we'll get into that in a little bit, but now I... Oh, s- I, I wanna... just want to say, before we spoil stuff, I thought Sasha Kaye was fantastic, and she was a highlight of the film. I think they really did a terrific job with with Supergirl, and I hope that we get to see her returning to the role in the future of the DCU, because I think she was an absolute scene-stealer. She needs a, a solo movie. Yeah. absolutely. She was terrific. Now, we're going to give you a few seconds to understand... That we are going into spoiler territory now. We have it? we have finished up our spoiler-free review of The Flash, and we hope you see this in IMAX. Obviously, it was freaking awesome to see it on the big screen. It looked screen. great, yeah. It looked terrific, sounded awesome. We had fantastic seats, so thanks to IMAX for the super early invite. But again, give you a, give you a little bit of time in case you scrubbed ahead a little bit, in case you fast-forwarded it. We are getting into spoiler territory on the flash, and we're basically just gonna spoil everything and talk about this movie because it was so sensational. So again, here's your warning! We're getting into spoiler territory of The Flash. All right, so the biggest thing I didn't expect coming was when Dominic Toretto showed up in <laughs> his Challenger. The Charger. and I Charger. Think, and oh my God, and this race, fucking it, kid. And when he raced Barry and beat Barry in a race, oh, my God. I didn't know he'd be inside the other dimensions. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so this is a Fast <laughs> X, the Flash crossover, actually. It's not a Flashpoint uh, adaptation it's paradox. It's it's a, it's a fast, fast Flash. Fl- flash. Flash <laughs> X. Fast it's, Flash. It's flash X. (laughs) (laughs) all right we are seriously gonna get into spoiler territory now this movie was fucking awesome i had an absolute blast i was talking about earlier the humor i want to talk about first which they really nailed and i think that they they understand their audience a lot of these big ip movies these big freaking budget movies they don't necessarily understand their audience nowadays i feel like but i think that the flash and muschetti and these filmmakers, they know who their audience is, and they really hit it with uh, excellent humor. It wasn't for little kid humor, but kids had a good time as well. But, yeah. like, it was pretty teenage adult humor for the most part. And there's a decent amount of nudity in this movie. Like, yeah. Ezra is <laughs> naked in, like, four <laughs> scenes in this yeah. movie. It's, it's actually refreshing to see in, like, a, a fun superhero movie. There, yeah, full-on ass out. <laughs> there are, <laughs> There's, like, several dick jokes in this movie. Lots of swears. Yeah, yeah. I had I thought it was so fucking funny. I had a blast. Yeah, and like we said, it wasn't just funny quick. But it was like, I think the funniest bit was, so to spoil it right now, the big twist we were talking about that you didn't expect coming was that our Barry ends up losing his powers. And then he, the Barry in this other dimension gets powers. We'll and, call him Barry 2. Yeah, Barry 2 gets powers. And so Barry... Comes up with a plan to give Barry two powers because he's there too early where this new Barry doesn't have his abilities yet. And so Barry one sets up the stage and gets him the powers but uh, unfortunately loses his own powers. And so now Barry two is a fresh face Flash who is just having fun with his powers. Doesn't understand them, doesn't respect them and just starts going off running around the city and un- inadvertently causes an insane amount of mayhem and destruction <laughs> and then we get multiple scenes where he just he leaves Barry 1 it shows up naked because like he burns off his clothing it happens twice and then also the phasing joke where the he, phasing power yeah, is so the cool phasing power which is an awesome power and it, it was was fantastic idea and then to have him face through the floor naked into his neighbor's apartment. And there were multi- There are two times where just Barry 2 shows up with something covering his junk. First, <laughs> there was a banjo. Not a banjo. The um, m- mac- macarena. No, the uh, tambourine. <laughs> tambourine. Macarena. <laughs> yeah. a musician. First of the tambourine, and then he, had, then he has a cooking pot uh, yeah. covering his junk. And it was just, it was just hysterical. I, I really loved that sequence. Yeah, So, but, but the humor was terrific. Now, let's set up the plot real quick, and then we'll get into more detailed stuff. So... The movie opens up basically as Barry, as the Flash, who is, as he calls himself, the janitor of the Justice League, cleaning up the dirty work, never gets to do anything exciting. He's on a mission with Batman that these guys have stolen... These like viruses, this, this virus. And there's a building that's collapsing a hospital. So Barry has to solve the situation with the hospital and save everybody. And we have the baby shower scene, which was so dark, but yeah. funny at the same. Was I was really like, am I is it okay to laugh right now? These babies are I was to, laughing. Uh, yeah. You know, Barry's going to save them. And that scene was very reminiscent of X-Men Days of Future Past. With Quicksilver and then yeah. Batman, he's stopping the guy. So it's a really cool action set piece to open up, as well as establishing Barry needs a lot of calories, the humor and everything there, yeah. which is going to be a constant theme. But kind of, yeah, it, was, the it was really funny because like when first at first when Barry goes for the babies, you think he's going for the babies, but he goes for the food. <laughs> <laughs> it cracked me up. It was just really well edited and choreographed, and it was like I said, it was a new. We've seen the slow mo stuff so many times. So they made it funny in a, in a terrific way, and it was—I thought it was a really ingenious set piece. It was really the great. CGI baby in the microwave looked bad, yeah, though. Yeah. But I mean, oh, they're fixing it. up. You can't put a baby in a microwave. So no, but they're gonna fix it up. No, I mean, how much can they? they, they got a month. They've got a month. It was just a rudimentary baby. Yeah, you know what I mean. They had no texture, but and, still, they—they yeah. they wanted to get the shot of him taking the baby out of the yeah. microwave, and you can't put a human baby in yeah, a yeah, microwave. no way. No, yeah. no freaking way. No way. <laughs> Not even a prop <laughs> one. But it was really funny, and it was—it was a fun setup for the film. And so basically, the plot of the film is Barry, you know, he's still feeling the, the trauma of his past. His father's in prison. He's up for uh, a new hearing. Retrial. To, to retrial yeah. to maybe yeah. get off, and they have some video evidence, but he doesn't look up at the security camera to confirm an alibi because he's in prison for the murder of his, of his wife, of Nora. And we learned that he was getting an extra can of tomatoes for the pasta that Barry's mom was making. And they he never forgot, looked yeah. up because the shelving... Of The store had tomatoes about waist level so he he didn't look up and the camera never saw him So he's trying to prove his father's innocence who's still in prison and he's still reeling from the loss of his mother He's friends with Batman and Bruce and they, they they're they're friendly and he's helping him out here and there and Barry because he's still so frustrated about his father's situation He goes off on this crazy fast run after he's visiting his past his memories his old house on the phone with his dad and he accidentally travels back in time into a different dimension where he gets to see the multiverse ahead of him and he can see all the different avenues of his past and he's trying to figure out what this is and he understands it and he thinks that if i can go into the past i can save my mom i can save my life all i have to do he realizes is just make sure she doesn't forget the tomatoes and bruce tries to warn him that you can't do this you know our scars Or make us who we are. We can't just go back and fix things. We could either we can change things forever, and we can destroy everything in every part of existence. But Barry is adamant. He thinks he can do it without, with just getting in and out by putting the tomatoes in the shopping cart with his mother at the store. Yeah, and it was it was emotional. I I will say I would have liked it if when he did that run, it was a little more emotional. Like if he was like he had like a if he was if he let everything out. While he and then he ran, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like they got they had to get to it quick. Yeah, but I would have if he was like maybe screaming and crying while he was running to show that he was doing something he had never done before. You know Mm. what I mean? To get like an extra bit of juice that he had never managed to pull out of him before. That's that's all I would say. Otherwise, well, yes, we know because he had traveled. Through time before. Mm -hmm. That's true, yeah. So I wouldn't say it's nothing that he's completely never done before. He's just never taken it that far. You're right, yeah. Because he went back a minute um, in Justice League. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's a good point, too, for sure. And so he does this. He goes and sees his mother in the past, and then he gets stuck in this dimension, this reality where he's tr- well not where first he's trying he's trying to live the life of young Barry who well, grew up with his parents. First of all he's confused because he st- he thinks he's still in his universe and just traveled back in time and things are different because he thinks he saved his mom, but he slowly begins to realize that he's actually in a different reality. And there's already a Barry in this one, and it's a different Barry from him. And I love this Barry because it's kind of a a version of Barry who grew up with his parents. Yeah. And he's just like a complete slacker, complete goofball. He's got potential, but he's just like just chilling, bro. He's just like... He's like a, a rocker guy. He probably skateboards, plays bass. He's a stoner. Dude. He's yeah. a silly guy. He's a stoner, but I don't know if he smokes weed. Just oh, he a, definitely does. He probably does. They just does. don't show it on screen. And they have the great interactions between the two Barrys are, are really one of the, my favorite parts of this movie. It looked great. Honestly, there were just a few moments here and there where I noticed like there's definitely a CGI face on a double, but for the most part, they did an excellent job. And There's some great shots where they're taking the camera around both of them in 360, and yeah. I, I thought it was tremendous. And great interactions in... Basically, Barry realizes that this is the day that he got his powers because this Barry number two is only 18 years old. Well, what's interesting is this Barry two was never meant to be the Flash because he has a date with Iris that night. So he was never supposed to go to the school and he was never supposed to be in that lab when lightning striked. And so Barry one actually changes things to make Barry 2 the Flash, in a way. Because Barry Flash's destiny... Barry 2, his destiny was never to become the Flash. If you think about it. And there's no metahumans in yeah, this universe. Exactly. So it was never supposed to happen. This Bar- Barry 2 was just supposed to be a normal person. and it, No powers. And he was just supposed to be, you know, Barry. And he was never going to be the Flash until Barry 1 showed up. And Barry 1 thinks that if he doesn't get Barry 2 the powers then Barry, too, Barry and his entire existence and the whole existence of reality could collapse and be destroyed and there would be no future. So he brings him to that lab, f- creates the, the like, I guess you could say, experiment for powers. Sets it all up. Yeah. Sets it all up for where he was. The lightning strikes. It goes through both of them by accident. Barry, one loses his powers. Barry, two, gets his powers. And then it's really a shoe-on-the-other-foot situation. And as an audience member, I was like... This is freaking awesome. Yeah. We have a superhero who we know is has powers, who loses his powers. How is he going to get back? He's completely stuck in this dimension, this reality, unless he gets his powers back. It was a great setting up of stakes because it kind of like has this problem where take away the character's greatest strength and then what, what can they do? And so I, I thought it was a great step for the screenplay to take, the writer's... I think it was an ingenious way to set up the basically the rest of the film by taking away Barry one's powers, and that basically set the stage for so much comedy, so much humor, so much entertainment of Barry two just playing around with his powers, which were definitely a highlight of the film. <laughs> it was terrific. Maribel Verdú as Barry's mom was a highlight for me too. I mean, she was just a crush of mine from Pan's Labyrinth Pan's and the Two Mama yeah. Tambien for sure in my youth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Ron Livingston, I believe, replaced. Yeah. Billy Crudup, Billy Crudup, as as uh, what's his name? He didn't Henry, replace him; he Henry, killed him. <laughs> Henry he murdered him for the role. But they were terrific as Barry's parents, and it was really sweet to see their family together again. And Barry was trying to soak it up as much as he could. Then, obviously, seeing it <laughs> when he sees the other Barry outside, <laughs> that, that was, was great. So, so look, like, I had to take a shit outside. <laughs> Absolute blast. There are a lot of swear words. I th- like, I was it was really refreshing for him to say things like shit and dick and ass. And, like, there was, and they did, they threw a fucking at the end. Yeah. They threw that one fucking. It was perfect timing, but, like, it's it's okay to swear. Like these studios, they kids swear. They do. Kids have the worst. Quite, they swear the most. We, we live near a school. always oh, I, I just heard kids talking about their balls. Like <laughs> when we were setting up the cameras. The, the, the track is behind yeah. our studio. Yeah. And the window is open, and they're just walking on the track like 15 feet away. Yesterday, <laughs> I was I was edited yesterday. I heard two kids like talking about a gangbang. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, kids are vulgar. Kids they're are vulgar. vulgar. Like it's okay. Movies super, super bad is accurate. Yeah, movies can have swears in it. It can have vulgar language. In it's going to actually help your film. So I think that embracing that language is really important. And so we have a collision of major events from the DCEU colliding at the same time. So the the time that Barry gets his powers in every reality, or his reality in this reality for Barry too, it is preceded by the events of General Zod coming to Earth to find the Kryptonian who has the d- genetic codes of all of Krypton in their blood. And obviously... Barry finds this out when Zod takes over the TVs and everything. And also, we got a little sneak into Barry's... We found out how Barry got his powers, our Barry, as well as how he was actually at ground zero of General Zod's attack in um, Gotham City, where Batman... Metropolis. Metropolis, I'm sorry. Fucking idiot. (laughs) Where Bruce was as well, but not as Batman. And we saw his original costume that he was trying to work on, as well as saving only one person. He was such an inexperienced hero that all he could save was one kid. But it was... I thought it was really great to get that kind of backstory on him and his powers. Same. And because so, he was, he was a, he's not like we saw his origin, so it's a question like, was he around during the Metropolis invasion? So I thought it was great. And Barry, now, if he was at Metropolis, he would have saved a ton of people and could have helped yeah. Batman ex- extensively and probably could have helped uh, Kal-El fight G- General Zod as well. But we have all—we have these collisions of major events from the DCEU all colliding at the same time in this other dimension, and it's really terrific because there's no metahumans. But there is a Kal Al or a Kryptonian somewhere, and so Barry and Barry have to work together with Barry. Barry One's plan is to find Bruce Wayne to get Batman going because there is a Batman in this dimension <laughs> that we find out with those it roommates. It's a great conversation <laughs> with the roommates because it's just hysterical. <laughs> the Back to the Future, the whole stuff. Back to the Future, Eric Stoltz shit. Because in this I de- think that flew over kids' heads though. They didn't. Yeah, but you could tell the millennials they were crack. We were all cracking up. So. In the film, Eric Stoltz in this universe is Marty McFly. Famously, they filmed... Like, we did a whole episode on Back to the Future where they... uh, Eric Stoltz played Marty for two weeks and then they fired him. It was like two months. Yeah, (laughs) and replaced him with with, uh, Michael J. Fox. But in this dimension, uh, Michael J. Fox never replaced him. And Eric Stoltz is famous for playing Marty McFly. I thought it was really great because... I, I think young, obviously, kids don't know, but that joke was for people our age, you know what I mean? And then didn't they say that Michael J. Fox was in Footloose? Michael J. Fox was in Footloose. Kevin Bacon Kevin, was Top guy. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Sunglasses, gay volleyball. <laughs> that was really great. I, I loved how, you know, the actors are all famous, but for different reasons. This is what I mean when I said it felt like a Planet of the Apes movie, because we're entering a different dimension, but things are different even though they're kind of the same. So that's why if, I feel like we never really get that in these multiverse movies too often, where like fun differences like that. And I, I think it was a blast and it added so much humor in in reality yeah. to like what a different dimension could be like. And it ties to so the the theme of spaghetti being used as a way to be illu- being used as a way to Ill- illustrate how the multiverse works and how what Barry did works and. How you take a bowl of spaghetti and some and each spaghetti is a different universe and then sometimes they run parallel to each other. Sometimes they're very chaotic. Sometimes they intersect. And the intersections, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's a main key of the plot in this film where the intersections represent um, constants that always happen throughout every dimension. In, their, in, a, in a way, it's destiny and fate is a way of explaining it where... No matter how many universes there are, no matter how differently things can be, there are certain intersections that are always present in every universe, and Barry's dealing with one in this film. And they're drawn together like magnets. And so we might as well get to Bruce Wayne where Barry and Barry go to Wayne Manor. It seems abandoned, but someone's living there. There's like rock music playing from a record. And we have Michael Keaton's Batman just retired, got long hair and a beard. Alfred's probably long, long past making spaghetti. And holy crap, what a great opening ac- action sequence where Barry's getting his ass kicked by Bruce, but Barry too, because he has powers, is dodging everything. And we see that Bruce still got it, even in his old age. He's still the man. He still can fight. And it was such a <laughs> such a terrific scene. And I loved this version of Michael Keaton's Bruce. Yeah, it was great. And I love how Barry too was like when when uh. It was revealed that he was that Bruce was Batman. Barry too is like. Wait, you're Batman? <laughs> and then Barry was like, why do you think we're here? <laughs> I thought this was the cousin's dinner. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> that one killed me, it was great. Barry, Barry too such a bonehead. Michael Keaton was, like I said, the, my favorite part of this movie, and I think he really was the key to this movie, really working. He was tremendous. The presence he brought from his history of being Batman and like being the OG cinematic Batman was awesome on camera. Him and his suit, every time he suited up, everyone was erupting in the audience. I had so much fun. His new tech that was like his ship and his computers and everything, he's got a bigger layer than he used to have. And it was it was really incredible to see him back in that role and he's helping them. They, their first mission is to get to Russia because they track down Cal L who they think they, who they think is Cal El but ends up being Kara Zorel, his cousin who was sent at the same time as Kal-El to Earth to be his protector as a baby. Unfortunately, later on, we found out that Zod captured his capsule, killed him, and found out that Ka- Kara Zor-El, Supergirl, basically, is the key, and she has the DNA the of codex. the... codex. Crypt- the codex inside yeah. of her blood. So, Zod, same same plan. Instead, it, it wasn't Jor-El that put the codex into Kal-El. It was, Zor- it was Kara-El has the codex in her. And so Zod went after Kal, thinking that was the case, captured the pod before it hit Earth, killed the baby, realizing that the Codex wasn't in him. So Kal-El's dead in this universe, and Kara-El has the Codex inside of her. So now she's the one that the Kryptonians want. Just like how Zod and his and his uh, army wanted Kal in Man of Steel, they want Kara-El in this... kara zor I'm sorry. kara zor in this film lots of kryptonian names we got to get used to again <laughs> <laughs> and like i said sasha was really fantastic i loved i loved breaking into russia and the escape because they they added a lot of comedy, especially when Barry 2 got shot in the leg. It's hysterical <laughs> when, when they sneak in and <laughs> when they sneak in, they <laughs> knock the thing over on the scientists. Yeah, it was super funny. But Michael Caine's Batman fight sequences might have been the best part of the movie. They were they terrific, were yeah. and I love when he jumps. In, I was like, "This is gonna hurt." <laughs> He's so cool. So much flying. Lots of battering. Yeah, lots it, of battering stuff which it, i like it was really terrific stuff they I, hit everything you want batman to do they got the grappling hook right away they got the battering. so uh, he's got he's a ship he's got he's, he's yeah. got like a, a, a an aircraft and the parachute. I love the scene where they're gonna parachute down he's like, he's like you're strapped to your parachutes and then Barry True's like but what about you he's like he just smiles then jumps down and yeah. fucking glides there down there a lot of gliding yeah. lots of Batman gliding in this movie <laughs> which I thought was even uh, Ben's Batman gliding in yeah. the opening chase was great yeah the, the opening Ben action sequ- sequence was awesome yeah. the bulletproof cape was awesome too you know it's kind of like a very little, John Wick very John Wick yeah exactly I think audiences have accepted just the fabric stopping bullets yeah the action sequences were terrific and then saving Kara not knowing who she is yet grabbing her sword suit and then realizing she's Kryptonian as well and then because she hits the sun when they're outside and she beats the crap out of all the Russians and they realize oh my god she's a Kryptonian too and then they all kind of get back together at back at Bruce Bruce Man- at Wayne Manor yeah and then they heal up um Supergirl Barry too brings her out onto the roof where she wears her suit and then absorbs the the rays from the sun and comes back to full power and she she i like how at first she is, isn't sure about even doing anything to help humanity because uh once she landed on earth she was taken captive by the russians so she has a a bad a bad um viewpoint of humanity and doesn't think they're worth saving and i like how she said i'm not gonna i don't I, i'm not kryptonian i'm not human there's no point in no me. i'm not human. I'm I'm Kryptonian. I'm not human. <laughs> There's no point in me. Why should I save humanity if if they kept me uh, captured? And and I don't think they showed it, but I'm guessing there might have been kryptonite inside the the cell she was in. It seemed like it was green, the green light, maybe some sort of artificial kryptonite. Some, there was some. There's definitely some some kind of kryptonite in there. They probably developed their own based yeah. off her DNA. There's got to. had to. They didn't show it, but I'm guessing there was. And so I like how she just took off and went after Zod on her own to, to face Zod. So rather than being like, I'm going to join you guys right away. She was like, I don't know you. I don't, and humanity sucks. They've been keeping me captive. And so fuck humanity. I'm going to go talk to Zod myself. Yeah, she didn't. Necessarily, well, she went there to see the and saw the battle started. Yeah. So we had the sequence in the desert where uh, kal first meets General Zod. Well, Feora, the exchange. The, the, uh, yeah. the exchange, and I thought it was really smart to have the main action set piece in battle at this area versus Metropolis because a lot of people couldn't digest that battle sequence, and that was the, a lot of complaints from Man of Steel were the destruction of the city and the loss of life, which they showed a few sequences of when they were showing the Earth. I mean, the the engines, the the planet engines. What are they called? World engines. World engines. So we saw a few people die like that, but I think that it was they smart. They didn't show much destruction. Yeah, it was smart yeah. to set the big action fight in battle back in the desert at that location and then the constant infinite loop of that. that but also, smart. what also, I, did, I was expecting that to be the climax of the movie, but it wasn't. It, yeah. was, it was kind of just like still some rising act. It wasn't even the biggest moment of the movie. I was yeah. expecting that, so I was pleasantly surprised where... It, because it eventually, obviously, Supergirl encounters Zod... Isn't happy with the battle and then goes back to the to the to the trio because Barry two saved her when he didn't have to and so she saw the, Barry one saved Barry him. I'm sorry Barry one saved her when she, when he didn't have to and that's the reason why she joins them because she realizes you know there is probably people worth saving here. And this this person, this is a good person. He saved my life when he had no reason to. And so that's why she ends up joining with them. And then they go to the big battle. Well, She's essential to Barry one getting his powers back because with Batman's help, Barry. Well, Frankenstein-esque over here. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They, They try to set up the same kind of experiment for him to get his powers with the lightning. Good thing there was a storm that day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <and> <laughs> out of Goth- nowhere too in Gotham <laughs> so they set up like a, a bat kite which I, I, I guess he has that and then <laughs> they try to set up the same experiment with the same kind of industrial chemicals to give Barry Barry's powers it doesn't work and it's actually very horrific where he gets completely electrocuted and almost dies pretty bloody the, the scarring and yeah. everything it's really intense and he's on the verge of death and they try to do it again but the fuse blows and then Supergirl shows up Brings him into the storm and gets him struck by lightning. And you think he's dead again. He's like burnt to a crisp. But mm-hmm. then he heals up and then he's back and gets his powers back. And it was so incredible to watch him get his powers back because he, the whole movie, pretty much he had no powers. And the whole time, his 90s memory, you're like, how's he going to get back? Is he going to get his powers back? How's it going to happen? And it, it was really rewarding to watch, I think. And it was very much like a Frankenstein horror sequence. Um, I thought, I, I'm sure that's what Muschietti was going for with uh chaining him up tying him up to the chair and it was just very like gothic medieval yeah, yeah it was and they got pretty hard with the gore it was um it was pretty disturbing to look at the, there was a lot of blood and so, kudos the lightning scarring. Yeah. That's what happens when people are struck by lightning. Oh, cool! Yeah, it goes through your. I think it goes through your veins. Really, or like the way that lightning travels through the body. Uh-huh. That's why it has like branches. That, that. Yeah, the branches. I was and I was guessing that like the chemicals were put into him into his bloodstream, and that's why when she flew him into the rainstorm it didn't wash away chemicals. It was already in him. It was already all, yeah, yeah. From the first like strike, f- it so, was all yeah, over him, yeah. Yeah, so I, I thought it was great, and, and it was very bloody, so I'm glad that there was, like, that much blood to be seen because, you know, obviously these films obviously oftentimes stray away from showing any kind of blood if they can. Exactly, and so basically, going back to that big set piece to fight General Zod and his army, Barry 1, Barry 2. Barry 1's basically, like, kind of showing him the ropes of how to fight, which is they have a lot of funny sequences, mm-hmm. and then... Obviously, Kara is gonna fight General Zod, and Batman's taking out their air forces. And you think that they're gonna be able to save the day and stop Zod. And it's kinda going in their direction. However, I will say that there is a song from the on Tours, Salute Your Solution, used here when Barry and Barry start fighting together. And I love the on Tours, and I love the song, Salute Your Solution, but I felt out of place, personally. It didn't feel like the right song for the vibe of the scene or sequence. I don't know what you think, but it kinda took me out of it for a second. It it seemed off. I would just say it would have worked better just sticking with the the movie score. Yeah. Um especially because when they cut I mean, I didn't mind the song choice. I thought it was fine, but it was jarring when they cut when the song ended and it just cut back to the movie music. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't really feel it in that moment, but I love that song and I love the movie, but it just it didn't mix well for me. Mm -hmm. But then we find out basically Kara gets killed. Gets the blood and the DNA taken by Zod and his forces. Batman gets killed. And basically, Barry and Barry try to go back in time to fix the events. Like, we can fix this. I know exactly what i do different. And they go back in time. Same thing happens, but different ways. Batman dies. Supergirl dies. Zod gets the DNA. Mm-hmm. And Barry, one, while they're inside this multiverse chamber, realizes that this is going to keep happening and happening and happening. And Barry, two, is going over and over again, trying to redo it. Where are you? I need your help in there. I can do it, I know exactly what to do, I can fix it one Whoa, last time. You, did they ever say what that place was called? I'm not sure, that, I, would like s- I would call it, I would call it like interdimensional limbo, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe like a multiverse chamber or something. Yeah, yeah it's well, just like a stoppage of time. Yeah. It seems like it's a place where time stops, and Barry Where you're separate, yeah. where he separates himself from time. And he can see every dimensional past. Yeah. Every every dimensional pass, but it seems like time has stopped. It's in a way, maybe it's like the fourth dimension,
1: kind of, yeah, Yeah. possibly, yeah.
0: But but yeah, I like that interdimensional chamber limbo. Yeah. Now, before we get more into the Flash, we got to tell you about the best way to support Raiders of the Lost Podcast, and that's becoming a patron today at Patreon.com/slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. We have five different tiers of membership: two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars, and one hundred dollars. Every single one of you patrons gets access to weekly bonus episodes. The weekly chat is exclusively on Patreon now, so only patrons can hear the weekly chat. As well as we do a bonus episode every single week for every patron. That $10 tier gets you access to our Discord. $25 gets you even more perks like a custom episode that you pick a topic and will do for you. That $100 tier has... So many goddamn perks, but the best ones, I think my favorites are a personal watch party as well as after three months, you get to come on the show for a fun guest segment, bring in for the intermission, chat about the movie we're talking about. Patreon is the best way to support our show. It's the reason why we can do it full time. So thank you so much for your support. This episode is, of course, sponsored by our great friends at MoviePosters.com. Be sure to use our promo code at their website to get 10% off your order today. They have a huge selection of of pretty much every movie and TV show in their poster library, as well as all sorts of sizes, framing, and even backlighting for your poster needs. These are high quality, the best you can buy pay for with your money. They also have these new light frames. Have you seen them, Jim, online? Oh, yeah. Where you can backlight your posters with these uh, incredible frames, which make your posters glow like the ones at the movie theaters. It's actually a very affordable price. Be sure to get those in all of your posters at MoviePosters.com and use our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. Barry 2 <laughs> keeps going back in and in, and as he goes back in, like, he gets wounds, he gets once these- he, Yeah, once he had... A couple spikes. spikes. i was like he's the fl- he's reverse flash well it's not no it's dark flash dark flash so, okay sorry. yeah 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 yeah. we'll get to that <laughs> who's big, reverse flash reverse flash he's is not like, even in is, this. he looks exactly like barry in a lot of ways but he's got a black suit but like he's not deformed like like dark oh, flashes gotcha, gotcha so dark flash is actually teased early in the movie the first time barry goes into this chamber mm-hmm. he gets like punched by him yeah. right out of the out of that chamber into yeah. his own reality and so dark flash into barry 2's reality no, it's, it's the first time he goes back in time and, and he's in that chamber and then he goes back to his reality and you're then right. talks to Batman. Yeah, you're right. So that's when he first sees Dark Flash no, not knowing who he is, this like dark monstrous being kind of looks like him. And then Dark Flash shows himself again because we realize that Barry 2 becomes Dark Flash because he's in this infinite loop of trying to save everyone and stop and win this battle. And every time he goes in, he gets more spiky wounds in him until he becomes this monstrosity. And... Uh, Dark Flash comes to see them again, and he is much older than the other Barrys. And we realize that he is Barry 2, and he's still hellbent on figuring it out. Like he still thinks he can do it, but Barry 1 realizes pretty immediately that this is an infinite inevitability of a loop that cannot be changed. No matter what, Barry's mother is going to die and has to die. And also, they cannot save everybody from Zod in this reality. It's one of the intersections that they were talking about, spaghetti. Can't be changed. It was really well explained by Bruce Wayne in the film, and set us up to understand uh, the conflict of this moment. And Dark Flash goes to kill Barry 1, but Barry 2 realizes that that's me as well. And really the only way to stop all of this is to sacrifice myself so that Dark Mm. Flash doesn't get created. And he, he dies in Barry's arms after taking the wound from Dark Flash. It's actually really tragic. This kid just got his powers. He did start, it, it did get the better of him, and he was getting aggressive and starting to get into that dark path of the Dark Flash. But he sacrificed himself for reality, basically, and for Barry. And he had to give up his mother and his family as well. And uh, when this ha- before this finally happens, what happened was <laughs> oh, yeah. the entire interdimensional plane started uh, breaking and colliding and falling apart revealing little slices of other dimensions where we got a slew of cameos from previous dc warner brothers projects uh, including a great christopher reeves cameo which and george and, and george reeve which looked fantastic and then uh, probably what you mentioned earlier might be the best cameo in a superhero movie was nick cage's superman uh based upon tim burton's uh nearly made film and it was just really fantastic to see. And when the, at first, we saw him from behind with the long hair, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> and then he turned around, and it was just Nick Cage, like 35-year-old 30, Nick Cage, Superman, Cal Allen. It was really t- really terrific to it, see. It was awesome. Yeah. And then the black-and-white version of George Reeves. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, George yeah. George Reeves yeah. is the yeah. original. And the original Flash from the comic like early versions of the Flash yeah. and comics. Black-and-white comics of the Flash. Yeah. It was awesome. And obviously, no Henry Cavill, because... They sh- I'm sure they asked him. Yeah. Maybe. Also, no Brandon Ralph. I thought we would get Brandon Ralph, but maybe he was salty because he only got one movie. Well, maybe it would have been too much if we did every single Superman, you know? I think it was just... I think it was subtle, kind of but it was yeah. also taking advantage in a really effective way of nostalgia. It was yeah. really cool to see, and, and I loved it personally, and then Nick Cage was awesome when he laser blasted that spider <laughs> based off the concept art from that movie, and... <laughs> it's crazy. It was cool, but it all starts to reverse once Barry 2 yes. sacrificed himself. because it never happened never happened and barry has to go back in time again to his reality and take that canned tomatoes out of his mother's shopping cart and let her die and it's a really tragic sequence where he is his older self and he has a conversation with his mother who doesn't know him but there's something there and she gives him a hug and he cries and great great acting from ezra He, he they were they were really terrific in this movie and but some- I was I was like I was getting tear eyed I was balling up pretty much from the sequence it was it was really sad to see him do it and then freezes the time then takes the tomatoes out and then accepts the hug from her again Ezra was wonderful in the movie yeah. Ezra was fantastic really the heart of the film ultimately but he but Barry he did change things because his father gets off or did he but continue because. Somehow, and it's not explained, I'm sure we'll learn more about it. It's not explained, but the tomatoes are now on the top shelf of the grocery store. And the footage of his father previously showing him not looking up, and never confirming his alibi, They now the footage now shows him looking up to grab the can of tomatoes on the top of the shelf, which have now moved to the top of the shelf. Which means that things are different. Now, did he change things in his own universe, or is he in another... New universe because we also learned at the end of the film when he walks out of the courthouse that we got a new Batman but they didn't show who it was because he got a call from Bat from Bruce and I was like that's not Ben Affleck's voice yeah. on the phone <laughs> I was like who the fuck's voice is that and then Bruce Wayne shows up in the same car the same Mercedes he was driving earlier but. Uh, it cuts to Barry's reaction of when Bruce walks out of the car, and he's like, who the fuck is that?
1: <laughs> so we got a new who the Batman. Fuck is this guy?
0: <laughs> so we have confirmed new Batman will be sharing the screen with Barry Allen in the future. I thought it was really smart. So it, it seems like it's the same reality, but just a few things are different. This is why I said it felt like Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And so this is a great opportunity for them to continue this timeline of events with these characters in a lot of ways for some of them. With Barry kind of staying static as Ezra Miller as the character, but we have a new Bruce Wayne that's going to come in, obviously in a few years when they make that movie. And Gal Gadot will still be in. No, I don't know if Gal Gadot in this universe. yet. Yeah. no, but it's changed now. Remember, so she's in the original reality, and we have a right, great right, cameo. Right. From if it's her, different, Bruce it's different. Different everyone. Her, yeah. It's really clever. It's a really clever thing yeah, to do, so a, they can kind of continue and keep the keep the continuity of some characters like the Flash. But then hit the reset on everybody else. I thought I think it's gonna work out really well for them. They really figured out something, something smart to do. But how did it happen? I'm sure we'll find out. I'm curious um, how they explain that because how is it that just the how did things change? I'm we'll sure see. we'll find out. We'll see. But I, I, I'm curious about that. But I, I think it's really it's really smart. And I thought it was super fun. It's great it was a great approach. Yeah. Now, again, I had a Awesome time with this movie. I fucking loved it. Honestly, I, I want to see it again. But I still am very confused about something. Who stabbed Nora Allen? Who killed his mom? Is that explained? Not explained. I'm still confused by it. So that's something also. I think that they're just. I think it's just an inevitability, and just a random break in. Ran- I think it's a random break in murder. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's in in some ways it doesn't really make sense because. Why would someone just break into a house and kill someone and not take anything? You know what I mean. It's not like it was a robbery. I, there has to be a I connection think, later on. I think we're going to learn later on. My guess is that it's some. My guess is that it's some. It's someone did it to cause things to happen. That's my guess. My 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 guess or it is, might be reverse flash in a future film. Yeah, it could be. My guess is that it's some someone did it to cause these series of events that unfold afterwards. Because this is an adaptation of flashpoint paradox. Because the flashpoint paradox is just an awesome concept. and This is you know Barry going back in time to stop the death of his mother, but accidentally entering a new dimension. So I and I believe in the comics for the most part. This isn't really a spoiler because this is just known on the internet for, in the world in the comics that. For the most part, I think most of the time Nora Allen is killed by Reverse Flash, mm-hmm. who isn't Dark Flash. It's a different. It's like a a bad. Art, it's like it's like Shadow Link in Zelda. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I believe I'm I'm guessing that in the future in a future movie that that'll be revealed. they they have to explain it because it's yeah, not explain the movie. I would say now that his father now that so the goal of this movie for Barry was to free his father. So he succeeded in that. And so now I'm guessing the main motivation for him in the future was, is it will be to figure out who killed his mom. Maybe reverse Flash does it because it's the only way that reverse Flash can be created. That's what I'm saying. It, I'm, I'm guessing itself. it's someone who did it to cause the events to happen so that for he, a reason. So that he can ensure that he exists. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Something like that because they have to go back to it at some point because that's the one thing coming out of the movie. I'm like, who killed his mom? Yeah. I'm. That's definitely going to be the major plot device in the second film. There will be another. There will be another Flash movie with Ezra Miller. I guarantee it, absolutely. And other than that, this movie was awesome, man. And also, I mean, since Cavill's not Superman anymore, okay. So I'm just it's it's up in the air going forward. How exactly Guns and Safran are approaching this? Are they going to make their own other versions of Superman and Batman? Yeah, yeah. And that, then there yeah. will be a different ones that are existing in this Ezra. I Miller-verse? I think it's all going to connect. So basically. From what I've understood from the things that they've said is that The Flash is the reset button. Yeah. And then Superman Legacy is the reboot button. And so so the upcoming Superman Legacy and then Batman films, they're going to be in this universe. That's my guess. And I, I believe that's how they set it up uh-huh. with a different Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, I, think yeah that, I think you're right. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. And Barry's just going to be living in the same reality that has tweaks to it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That's how That's how. Why else would they end it like that? You know what I mean? If they wanted just to be a one-off movie, they would have just had it be a one-off movie. Mm -hmm. But they purposely ended it with, they purposely got that Wonder Woman Woman cameo, and obviously this this new Bruce Wayne at the end of the film, Mm -hmm. and tweaked things here and there. So I think that that's the plan. And I think that they know that this movie is so good and that people are going to love it, that it will be their reset button, then reboot with Superman Legacy in 2025. Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So we will be getting Kara L, I think still Cara has... Kara Kara zor I think, still has potential to show up in the future, but we're definitely getting kal L. Yeah, I think she'll be Supergirl. I'm sure she'll get her own movie, too. Yeah. I'm sure she'll be in Superman Legacy. And I'm sure... So I think Sasha Kyle will stay the same as Static Character in the verse. I think they should. Uh, I, would say, I would say that would be the smart move to get her back. But how do we get her to this dimension? It'll just be a different. It'll just be a different version of her in this yeah. this universe version, for sure. Maybe yeah. so. Maybe in this version of the universe, she'll be in Superman Legacy. Maybe Kal El survives. Most well, they'll does, both they'll both yeah. be alive. Like oh, because that, Man of Steel, it's hinted that yeah. she's in the pod too. Yeah, exactly. So she exists somewhere. And also, what was it? The fourth Reeves movie where Supergirl showed up? Something like that. Yeah, man, I, I mean, she's so. in the movie that the Reeves Supergirl. Yeah. So I'm thinking... So I think it ties to Man of Steel at the same time as tying to this new reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the other dimension. Yeah. So Because we've always known that Supergirl's been out there somewhere in the DCEU. And they're going to keep Momoa. We'll see. He he said he had a great meeting with DC a few months ago. But he he didn't necessarily say what it was. He could be playing a different DC hero. That's why. I think they'll keep him as as Aquaman. He's great as Aquaman. He's really well-liked by fans. So I would say they'll keep him as Aquaman and maybe Gal... Maybe they'll replace her. I don't know. I'm not sure. Honestly, this movie gave me new hope for the DC going forward and the DCU. And I think that they can really get the upper hand on M- on the MCU right now in terms of they've just always been... Get their foot on their throat. They've always been in the <laughs> shadow of the MCU for, for years now, but I think they have the upper hand. Yeah. John Doe has the upper hand now. <laughs> don't come over here. Don't, don't come out here. What's in the box? <laughs> Um, but I, I have a lot of hope for the future of the DC after seeing this movie, especially mm-hmm. if Superman Legacy can build off this because what a great conclusion and reset for the DCU now going forward. And again, had a terrific time. I can't wait to see what it does. It does have to put up a lot of numbers. This movie's got to make 800 to a $1 billion to become a profitable film. They put a lot of money into this, probably a $300 million movie, easy. But I think it will hit that. I think it will hit a bill. I think it's going to have legs and... I think people are going to love it. And I'm really excited for everyone to see it who hasn't had a chance yet. Let's see what it's releasing around... What's well, so June 16th? Mermaid, Little Mermaid comes out 26th. And then blah, 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 blah. Spider-Verse comes out the f- second. And so it gives two weeks for Spider-Verse to dominate. I think it's got like 10 days for itself. Yeah, so then, then, yeah, so... Everyone will see Spider-Verse, then they'll see The Flash two weeks later. And then it's only competing with Asteroid City. Which will make five million dollars. And (laughs) Indy comes out in the thirtieth, so it's two weeks in between. So I think it's got two weeks to demolish. And also I think it's gonna have legs. I think it'll have legs like Top Gun almost. So it's Disney's competition against the Flash is the elemental film. Which I think is gonna bomb. Yeah, their animated films have been bombing. Lately. So I think that the Flash has two weeks of just eating up the box office on its own. So I think it can make a huge chunk of money in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think Indie will obviously be number one when it releases that weekend. But I could see the Flash coming back and being number one after that. Flash will be, I think, a healthy number second place when Indie releases. I think it's gonna have like a great five, six, Word seven month run. Yeah, it's it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I think this movie can pull eight hundred. I don't think it could pull a billion because, like I said. I don't see anything pulling a billion this summer because there's such a stacked summer. I don't think anything has the ability to really dominate. Um, so, and, and Avatar two dominated because it really had no competition for a month. Well, its international numbers yeah. are absurd as well. Yeah. So I, I think that the Flash will do very well, and I think Warner Brothers will be happy with its performance. I think um, opening weekend it will pull a hundred, maybe buck twenty, and then internationally it's going to do very very big numbers. It'll break three hundred easy internationally. Easy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be a hit. Mm -hmm. I I freaking loved it. Um, Got anything else? I love the movie. It was great. 8 out of 10. I'm giving it an 8.5. Nice. Which means I really liked it. Yeah. It's It's a great rating. Yeah. 8.5 out of 10. (laughs) 4.25 stars. All right. Well, that wraps our episode on The Flash. Hope you enjoyed it. If you listened to the spoiler-free version a couple weeks ago when we dropped it and then came back to revisit it after you saw The Flash... Hope you enjoyed our breakdown of it after just seeing it just once. But I'm sure we'll, we'll revisit it in the future some, at some point. Maybe have a Flashpoint Paradox we'll, well, No, we'll do the Fast Flash episode. The Flash, <laughs> the, the Flash, the Flash X episode. <laughs> but thank you so much. Become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost Podcast. Take care, everybody. See you next time. This episode was executive produced by our Chosen One patrons, Cody Mowen, Andrew Hagan, Becca Keen,